Welcome to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Get ready to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover your destiny. Doug is a prophetic speaker, author, and coach whose message of love, hope, and having fun reaches people around the world. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com. Hey friends, welcome to another Spirit Connection podcast. Doug Addison here. I'm so excited you joined us. And I don't know if you feel it in the spirit, but boy, things are shifting right now. There's some upward movement in the spiritual realm. Heaven is opening. This is a time for you to hear God, to experience the supernatural in your life. I tell you, God is opening new doors and I saw the windows of heaven starting to open. I've done a study in the Bible on different doors. You know, there's doorways in heaven, spiritual things. And there's also windows in heaven. But most of the time when it talks about windows, that's the windows of heaven opening for blessing and opening up for revival. I don't know if you heard that just recently I had an encounter with an angel here in Los Angeles that was part of the Amy Simple McPherson move of God in L.A. back in, you know, from 1917 through the 30s, uh, 1930, I believe. I don't know the exact date, but there was a time that, that it was happening. And there's been moves of God that have started in California and gone around the world. It's not like it has to do that, but God has used that strategy and pattern. And I believe that's why the Lord has brought us here. He brought us back to California. We've been here for quite some time and started some churches here and, and came back to Los Angeles a few years ago and began to just press in to influence the arts and entertainment, media and music industries here in L.A. And we've been pressing in, plus just opening the heavens here and, and opening up things so that the books of revival could be opened and uh, been really pressing in. For what's new, I really believe the Lord's going to open something new that's going to be very similar to a move of God. Actually, the last known revival in North America was the Jesus People Movement back in the early 1970s, and it just rocked the entire world. It wasn't clean. Oh, my goodness, it was stinky. My brother was one of those hippies. My brother was a Haight-Ashbury hippie, and I came to the Lord for my first time at age 12. It wasn't in the Jesus People movement, but it was from the wave that hit all over the world after that. And it was during that time. And I believe God's going to do something new right now. I believe he's moving. So, Lord, we thank you that this is going to be a strategic podcast. I felt so much power and so much openness in the spirit right now. And as I just want to come into agreement on earth as it is in heaven. I pray right now you'd open up the windows of heaven over each person. I pray that you would open up doors of opportunity in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I have a special guest. It is a good friend of mine. He's been on the podcast before. His name's Chad Deadman. Chad and his wife, Julie, they've been pastors at Bethel Church in Reading. Right now, Chad is traveling, speaking, leading outreaches and doing different things and I'll let him tell you more about what they're doing now. They've, they've been really just out doing a lot of stuff. I've had a lot of respect, and I admire the anointing that's on this man, and I believe that the Lord's going to open something up right now. Okay, Chad, 
my good okay. friend. Welcome to the podcast. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. You know, life is good. Um, watching God show up around the world, and it's been pretty amazing. Wow. Well, you are on the podcast. You've been part of our, our school, Hearing the Voice of God 365. You know, one of the mentoring sessions was done with you, and we go way back. So why don't you just give everybody an update, let them know who you are, what you're doing. Yeah, um, I've been uh, I, I've been going after God since uh, a little kid. My parents grew up in the Vineyard Movement and uh, down in Southern California. And I uh, went to school ministry at Brownsville. I ended up taking a bus there and uh, from L.A. all the way to Florida. And um, was a missionary in Indonesia. I've been running with Heidi Baker. I've been running with Bill Johnson. And uh, met my wife uh, actually snowboarding. And um, our first date, we went to the emergency room and we watched people <laughs> get healed and saved. And we've been doing that ever since. We've been married 14 years. And, um, you know, we've been just going after God and watching him show up. I love your stories. And I've heard so many things, you know, about the supernatural and, and what you do and, and how the power of God shows up. Showed up once at a, at a grocery store, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I went in. I was, uh, you know, was working as a server and I was a little hungry. So I wanted to go get some donuts at the grocery store. And I was uh, walking by the cash register and I noticed that uh, the there was a lady there paying for groceries and she had hearing aids. And I said, hey, can I pray for you? And then she took the hearing aids out. I prayed for her. I began to walk backwards, just, you know, having to repeat after me. And then the the cash register lady, the, the employee says, who's like 20 years old, says, hey, I can't hear you anymore. And she's repeating what you're saying. Like she has better wow. hearing than me. And then I prayed for the <laughs> cash register lady. And I uh, and I said, hey, there's other people that God wants to heal in here. Can I use the intercom and, uh, and, and pray for people? And so I get on the intercom and I said, hey, uh, if you have pain in your wrist, if you have pain in your back, come to check out aisle 15 and we prayed for a couple people, and uh, we had a lady who was going in for a hip replacement surgery. She got completely healed. Wow. Um, and then a bunch of people got healed, uh, saved. It was amazing. Wow, I love that. Hey, you know what? There's a blue light special on healing. Check out <laughs> 15. That's what I'm talking about. That's the real stuff. And that's yeah. what I really like about you. You're very real. You have such a rich heritage. You know, going away. Some people might not realize this, but when you're raised up, around the moves of God and around the prophetic, I tell you, you're one of my favorite millennials. You're a millennial, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 I am. I am like, uh, I'm on the edge. You know, I'm 37. I was born in 81. And uh, yeah, they even called me a tweener, which is like in between the, the Gen Xers and the millennials. And so I do, I connect with both generations. But it is when I, I grew up in the vineyard, was very fortunate, you know, ran around uh, as a little kid with John Wimber and, and Lonnie Frisbee and saw Blaine uh -huh. Cook and... And, you know, it, oh it my is. goodness! It's amazing. Just go out and Google some of those people, and you'll <laughs> see some amazing things that's happened yeah, in the past. It, it, I mean, I think that too. You know, Doug, there's such a, a spirit of adoption. You know, there's such a a healing, uh, like with the father's love, and you know, to have spiritual fathers and mothers. You know, where you have your heritage, and then you begin to cultivate fathers and mothers where you begin to honor, you begin to value, you begin to just run with them. And, 
and you'll be attracted. I think when you have this bit of adoption running in your life, yeah. it attracts fathers and mothers. And I remember in 2006, I went surfing and I was in the car with just my board shorts, had no Jesus sticker, had nothing that communicated that I was a Christian from the outside. And this car pulls up and I notice it's tented windows, Mercedes Benz SUV and and I look and I'm like, who is that? They've got this pinky ring bling like, you know, and they roll down their window and he's motioning for me to roll down mine. And I realize that it's Benny Hinn. Wow. And he says, young man, the glory of the Lord is all over you. Whoa. What is your name? And I say, Chad. <laughs> and I'm just in my board shorts. I'm not wearing a T-shirt, you know, like and, and, and Benny gets out of the car, starts walking towards me. And the lights turn green. People start honking, you know, giving some encouraging hand signals. <laughs> and um, and and Benny kind of looked like, oh, like torn. He jumps back in the car and he just prays. I pray that the the anointing of God never leads this young man's life, that uh, he would always, you know, grow in the glory of the Lord. And then he turned right and I went straight. And I was like, wow, impartation service. Wow, with Benny that was, you know, that I had never heard that would That is wild i love this stuff and so yeah and that's how i got connected to benny i mean after that we met each other five weeks later we ran into each other again and he asked me to do crusades with them i did crusades with them in israel and new zealand and uh my wife and i it was pretty amazing yeah so you're with bethel church up in reading tell us a little bit about that what you're doing there and oh yeah i've been connected to bethel ever since i came to school ministry in 2002 and you know, me and Chris Overstreet, we were in the school together and uh, uh, it's been amazing. That's my tribe. I mean, we really have put a stake in the ground for the goodness of God. And um, I was the alumni pastor. I was over ordination. Also, I ran a ministry with my good friend Joaquin Evans called BAM, which is Bethel Activation Ministries. And we had a team of about 80 or so um, uh people involved that went over to 680 cities in a year to preach the gospel. And so that was the people yeah. that my friend and I got to father and it was awesome. Yeah. And so now uh, you're there at Bethel, but you're, you're doing something in your own ministry. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I had an encounter with the Lord in 2014 where the Lord told me, Chad, I'm going to teach you more of the language of heaven and how to articulate it to a generation that's never heard the gospel in their language. And, you know, God really began to speak to me about the Jesus people movement. I began to just pray and study the 60s. The Lord said, I want you to study before the Jesus people movement, what was going on in America, what was going on in the world, what was going on culturally with music. He's had me study a lot about music and, you know, Woodstock and all this sort of stuff. And then what's going on in the country in the last, you know, probably 10, 15 years. And that what was happening, the correlating factors of another Jesus people movement about ready to happen. So I just began to just pray, begin to go to music festivals, go to Coachella. I would literally take soil from the prayer house at Bethel and go to Coachella, which is this famous you know, music festival that they do arts and the whole deal. And I would drop soil into the, the grounds of Coachella and just praying that people would encounter God and Years later, I hired somebody to help me with social media, and I was telling them about intercession, and I shared this story, and she goes, are you kidding me? In 2015, you, you were there, I was there, and I was taking psychedelics, and I had an encounter with Jesus, and I got radically saved, and then uh -huh. I came to the school ministry. And so I was like, all right, I guess that was some of the fruits of the prayers. Yeah. But anyways, I began to go on a journey of discovering what is intercession 
beginning to just pray and seeing it through evangelism and prayer. And then I had this dream in 2016 when I was still on staff at Bethel. And it was uh, a dream where I was standing at paddleboarding Big Sur, uh, which is in Central California. And I'm paddling and these two healing angels come down with paddles and they start stirring the waters around me. I start to spin in a circle. Then suddenly the air turns into healing and I begin to breathe in healing. And then a cloud of healing forms over the water, then goes over California, over America, then over the world. And I hear the Lord say, Chad, it's time for you to come out of the closet and tell people you're an intercessor and begin to model what is intercession to you. Which for me, intercession, one of the greatest places of prayer for me has always been in the ocean. I've been a surfer. I you know, was a water baby. I used to body surf when I was five years old all the way, you know, and, uh, and I'm a pretty, I've surfed six continents, so I've yet to surf Antarctica. But uh, I discovered God in the water. And so it really birthed a ministry that we do called Catch the Wave, Discover God Outside, where we put on worship meetings out in the ocean where we call it WOW, Worship on Water. And we just begin to worship about 30, 40 of us uh, right past the waves. And surfers will come. People from the uh, beach will come and say, is this a spiritual thing? Can we join you? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll be doing I do beach cleanups because I was interceding, stand up paddleboarding in Laguna Beach. And I've seen all this garbage in the water. And uh, the Lord started telling me, hey, you need to put on beach cleanups. You need to get, you know, get plastic out of the ocean. That This is a form of intercession and that, that it's a prophetic act of what I'm doing. As you do this in the natural, I'm going to begin to clean up the air in the spiritual. And I began to just connect with Lou Engle a bit where I began to tell him about this vision. He's like, Chad, what you're doing is, you know, setting up watchmen along the wall that the boundary lines is the coast. Right. And so it's been just this epic, you know, uh, I've put on several of these. I rented out Calvary Chapel, Doug, and had Heidi Baker and myself uh, speak. And then we did a beach cleanup. And it was, I mean, just crazy. I, I go and buy 200 hot dogs and just feed those at the beach and people get saved, people get healed. Um, it's pretty phenomenal just what God's been doing. Yeah. Now, when was that encounter with the call back to intercession? That was in 2016. I got to tell you, Chad, I didn't know this. In fact, last time I saw you, I think it was, uh, we did a, uh, something together in Colorado, probably 2014. Yes. And yes. I had given you a word about an angel coming to you. And I thought it was a different angel, but now this, now I understand the angel and I had the same thing happened to me in 2016 on, and the Lord called me back to my roots of intercession. Wow. And so I, I remember um, uh, one of my first real big prophetic words from John Paul Jackson, just before I went to work for him, he laid his hands on my hands. You know how uh, John Paul, Bob Jones used to put the hands on you, you know, oh, yeah. line everything up with your fingers and uh -huh. my, yeah. in, my index finger, which is the prophetic, he saw it, it turned purple and blue, and he says, you're a prophetic intercessor. You were born to be a prophetic intercessor, though you're not operating in it. Well, it revisited me 15 years later in the year 2016. And wow. now one thing I've been doing is training people on how to stop violence through your prayers. Mm -hmm. And that's what even happened that year. So anyway, I, we're just, wow, I'm, I'm like, hey, I'm wow, you know, worship on water. I'm, I'm, I'm wow, this is so wild. And mine, 
Mine is, you know, it's probably, if I don't have a name for it, but it would probably be, you know, on the World Wide Web because I've been doing it. But I'm so excited, man. I have a feeling we're going to be doing an event or something soon. Oh, yes. Let's do it. Because we need to do something. Yeah, catch the wave and Hollywood's opening again. And and I know that you've sewn into Hollywood. There was a meeting with you and Jamie uh, uh, Galloway, right? And I didn't get to come to it. It was amazing. Oh, it was right across the street from uh, uh, the Chinese theater. Yeah, in Hollywood. I mean, yeah, it, it, was, was, on, it was right on the uh, the strip of of the, you know, the Avenue yeah. of the Stars. Yeah, yeah, right there. And I mean, people were getting healed. Yeah, Jamie and I just kind of well, he's such a good friend, and we just tag team preached together. We tag team like just moving the prophetic and words of knowledge. There was a, a, a girl who had a leg from a car accident, a leg three inches shorter, and we watched her leg grow out. Wow. Um, I mean, it was pretty powerful. Uh, there was a, another man who was in a severe bike accident and had pain in his back, um, had some disc issues, had pain for like 12 years and all the pain left. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it was a pretty amazing night in Hollywood. Now, it I, was. I actually called off sick from going there. I, I wasn't feeling good as before I got <laughs> healed. So idiots got into the prophetic. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do another one. We'll do another one, Doug. I've been totally healed since then, but someone had told me you guys are, you know, I'm, I'm actually walking in full healing now. I'm able to travel again. But, uh, I remember when you were coming, so someone told me about it, they, that you're coming and I think you had texted me or something. I just wasn't feeling good at the time. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to catch this new wave because God's doing something new. I really yep. believe this, man. I think that there's, there's a tag team going on with all the different ministries and all the different areas are going to come together. I know. And it's been crazy, too, that um, all the all the dreams. I mean, I've been hearing about people prophesying about a wave coming and and uh, and and it's been ramped up quite a bit in the last two years where it's pretty significant, where God feels like he's shouting from the rooftops. And in 2015, I did a ministry trip in San Clemente. And then the next day I was doing a conference with Heidi Baker in Pismo Beach. Wow. And there we were in San Clemente uh, sleeping on the beach. It was uh, my wife and I, my intern team of about eight interns. And we ministered at church in San Clemente. And then we you know, did this amazing night of worship on the beach and we're camping. And there was a tsunami warning in the middle of the night that started from San Clemente, where we were, that went all the way up to Pismo Beach, the next place that we were ministering at, you know, like like a tsunami warning. You know, like we we had to be evacuated. Right. You know, like and I'm like, God, okay, you are like, this is an invitation. This is an invitation. And, you know, it's um and that was a big thing for me of of God saying it's time for you to come out of the closet that, you know, that that's a big thing of catch the wave is the tagline discover God outside that he's you know, that there's a, a all of creation is an intercession. And uh, it's amazing to be out in the ocean, be looking on the land, to be on a whole different, you know, to be out in the water. And you begin, you know, where Jesus looked over, he climbed a mountain and looked over Jerusalem and wept. It was a place of intercession. Like, you know, so it, it's exciting. Yeah, it is. And uh, I love this. I, I I guess you would call them, uh, you're training intercessors to be outside. So they're outercessors. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, people, there you go. People want to stay guy. back at the church. You know, when I try to get people in outreach, they used to say, "Yeah, we got we're gonna go to the mall after I train." They go, "Well, brother Doug, I'm glad you helped me to understand that I'm an intercessor 
And I'm oh like, come God. on, go out and be an outer. And come on, just go pray for people, get words, you know, and let it flow. Yeah. And I think with, you know, to that, Doug, you know, and, and me being involved in so many different prayer movements and, you know, with the Assemblies of God in the 90s and and uh, and then, you know, being involved with like Peter Wagner, Sidney Jacobs and these amazing prophetic intercessors. And we were I think that we really established, uh, you know, this place of vertical intercession and how to connect with the father, how to connect with heaven, the atmosphere, the culture of heaven, and then be bringing that down to earth. And then I think that there's an invitation uh, really in this time, in this season, is uh, a, a begin to understand, to stand in the gap, to to be in between and begin to um, step into a whole place of horizontal intercession, meaning, you know, like there's something about you know, in Luke nine, where Jesus was with the people and he began to have compassion on them because he realized that they were sheep, you know, without a shepherd and he began to heal them. So it talks about this place of empathy, this place of compassion, where he began to have empathy that led into a place of authority that, you know, that led to breakthrough. And, you know, sometimes I'll tell churches, when's the last time you went to a public place and people watch to the point of intercession where you begin to weep? Yeah. You know, that that there's something about being vertically connected, but to be also horizontally connected. And that's so hard. Like there isn't there isn't throwing the baby out of the bathwater in the sense of this. We, I love the prayer rooms. You know, I was involved in IHOP in the early 2000s. And so I love the prayer rooms, but that's not the only place to pray. You know, that our spirits are awakened 24-7, that we're in intercession 24-7, that I may be asleep, but my heart is awake, my spirit is awake, that will never leave us nor forsake us. So to learn to intercede anywhere you go. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. we could go deeper and deeper into this. Man, I love this. I had no idea that you were doing that. And last time I saw you, I, I prophesied that there was an angel from, a, I believe it was some uh, previous healing revivalist was going to come. Yes. And we thought it was going to be something different, but now I'm seeing the angel right now as we're talking, and that's what this angel is. is that it's that angel of, of intercession and the prayer and intercession that very similar to what opened up the uh, the Azusa Street revival that, yes. that came on Bartleman, where he fasted yes. and fasted and fasted, but you have this new, uh, there's this, this is the new wineskin of something, yes. and that you're preparing, you took the dirt, listen, this is so powerful. You know, if you don't have anything else to give, go get some dirt. You know, I mean, <laughs> he took the dirt from the prayer rooms in Bethel and took them out to the hippie places, right? That's where. Yeah. And then you totally. get, then fruit comes in. I'm telling you, there's something new birthing. I, I'm just so excited. And there's a marriage of prayer and evangelism, you know, that I, I really feel like we're stepping into uh uh, rather this be a, a wave of momentum of the spirit of unity, of understanding the spirit of unity, that, that isn't just breaking denominationalism, but it's also breaking compartmentalization. You know, that where people were, you know, stuck of saying the things that intimidated them, the things that invited them to step out of the boat with Jesus, that they would uh, stay in the boat in the name of I'm an intercessor or in the name of, you know, I, I do deliverance, I don't do healing, where it's a breaking of compartmentalization, or I can only connect with God in the four walls of the church, but learning to connect with them everywhere. That there is this spirit of unity that's coming that is, uh, you know, breaking limitations, that it's Christ in you beginning to be manifest, and that you have way more tools in your tool belt than you realize. Yeah, that's exactly right. 
Uh, I think we we've gotten those um, all the different types of uh, giftings and callings got got stuck in a in a box and and what you're doing is you're doing all this stuff but doing outside the box and outside the four walls of a church which is even further outside the box. This is so totally. Good. Yeah. Well, I think we need to go out there. I mean, we we I'm just kind of me studying. You know, I mean, looking at the history of the American church in the 1700s with the first Reformation and then or the first awakening and then the second awakening in the uh, 1800s, that you always had those that grew up in the church ages 18 through 25, about 50 to 60 percent stayed in the church until the 60s, where it dropped below 20 percent. Yeah. Meaning that a generation was I mean, the big things right were. You can't have drums, let alone a guitar. The drums was way bigger. You know, that was all connected to being demonic, where the church began to be irrelevant to a generation. And you then have the Jesus Field Movement, where God crashes in and brings this cultural, not just relevance, but acceptance. You know, a generation going through the rites of passage, and then the church serving them there, God meeting them there. And uh, if you study the church uh, with millennials, 2008 till now, um, those that grew up in the church, it's down below 20% now in the charismatic in, in most of the American church. And so um, I, I think that there is going to be an awake, well, there is, there's the beginning stages. I mean, too, Doug, that there's something about the evangelists coming out in this in this country ever since with Billy Graham passing. But, you know, with, with Chris Overstreet, you know, we we did, you know, ministry together at a very young age. And now to see him doing crusades in America and Todd White and I doing ministry in 2006 and him doing crusades in America. And Daniel Kalenda and I went to Brownsville together in 2000 and in Reinhard Bonnke gives him his ministry. And now he's going after America. I mean, there's something happening in America that is incredible right now. Yeah. So, so I, get, I get a little excited. I'm very excited. I love the way you study it. That's what I do. I, lo- I study it, bring back some uh, some statistics and some study, and then you pull it in and actually go out and do it. And you get some stories, oh, testimonies. Yeah. Then you get fruit. And, yes. Uh, there, there's stuff going on. Go ahead. Just uh, unpack it a little more, whatever God's doing right now. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I know. Jesus, we just thank you that there's – there's a generation of Lonnie Frisbees and Chuck Smiths and John Wimbers that are that are coming into a whole new level of 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 I just keep on hearing the words arrival, arrival. Like I feel like there's gonna be people on this podcast, you might be have gone through tough seasons, you've gone through and, and it's been, you know, God is revealing his goodness in this season and that there's something about authority that that he's, he's reminding you of, of the battle wounds the scars that you have authority for your present and uh and so lord i just thank you that you're raising up leaders you're raising up fathers and mothers and lord we just thank you for what you're doing it's it's exciting doug it, yeah. it is just uh it is so exciting uh i mean the lord has just been uh we, we take out drug rehab centers out surfing we take um that what I've been trying to do with Catch the Wave is arrows that are, you know, what is the enemy doing to, you know, try to take out a generation? And and I have been studying and praying and interceding about the opioid crisis. And, and you know, it's crazy what God is doing crashing in that I'm taking these drug rehab centers out surfing and they're encountering God out in the water. I work with an organization in Santa Barbara that rescues girls out of sex trafficking. And they have 40 girls that live with them for like 
you know, for, for a great period of time and they teach them a vocation, the whole thing, but I go and take them out surfing. And, uh, you know, it's, I've been going to big brother programs, big sister programs, taking them out surfing, you know? So it has been, um, amazing seeing a generation discover God out in the water because yeah. it's their, their defenses are down. They, they, you know, they begin to do things they never thought were possible. They they're tackling fear, you know, some of them. And, you know, it's, it's amazing when they get up on a wave, you know, and they, and then you just, they're just so open in the spirit. They're so open. And, and it's this place of, they're not at a church setting, you know? And so they're out in nature and they just begin to just get rocked by God in the presence. Yeah. I'm so glad that you've, someone has found a way to have fun, do ministry, see the fruit, and be on the beach at the same time. I mean, how good is that? I love this. Uh, it, it, Doug, is so awesome that you would say fun. And, you know, you know, and this is another thing I feel like an anointing that's coming on people is dreams. Dreams, dreams, dreams. But I had a dream about two years ago in 2017 where I was walking with Jesus in a garden, and I saw this gigantic tree, and the base, the trunk of the tree said goodness. And I saw this branch that was, said prophetic and had all these leaves and fruit on it. This one branch that said healing, all these leaves and fruit and provider, all these leaves and fruit. So I saw these, you know, different branches that represent the goodness of God. And then I saw one branch that had no leaves, no fruit on it. And it said fun. And Jesus looked at me and said, I want you to begin to articulate and model how fun I am and how that's connected to my goodness. Wow, man, that's powerful. Yeah, that's, that is one of the, the foundation or building blocks of Catch the Wave is releasing God's goodness yeah. through people encountering how fun he is. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I got to uh, be honest here is I'm 60 years old. I've, I've lived more than uh, half my life on the West Coast, and I have never surfed. I, uh, I surf the web. And, That's right. You and I do, Bobby. I do. I've done some body surfing. I've done stuff like that, but I've never been able to actually. Uh, I think I might have to get a hold of uh, you as we're doing some of these outreaches and and actually catch a wave out here because I do live in Los Angeles for crying out loud. Oh well, we can get you out at Malibu, Doug, and we'll just push you into a wave, and it's 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 it is. You'll have a blast. Uh, this is my year. I turned. This 60. is your year. And the Lord said that this is not time for kick the bucket list. Uh, this is time for the fill the bucket list. Come and on. The, I, and I tell you, I believe the Lord's going to shift things. And, and there's an anointing right now as we're talking. And, and I could feel it happening in the spiritual realm on this podcast is that all of a sudden there's this hope for something new. There's this something that's happening being released in the spirit as we're talking, as we're praying, testifying of this, something is happening that's being released right now. Take that a little bit, Chad. Yeah, Lord, we just thank you for Proverbs thirteen twelve, Lord, that hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire realized is the tree of life. And Lord, I thank you that you're breaking a religious spirit that, um, you know, that's what that is so connected to, Doug. That is like, I, I, I it's so crazy how I have been, somewhat uh, persecuted, or I have been in meetings when I was young. Like I remember being 18, and a preacher said, if you have passions other than Jesus, put them on the altar. And so I put my surfboard on the altar. And it was three months later that this huge swell came, and God is speaking to me, and he says, Chad, I never told you to give up surfing. That's one of the ways that I connect with you. That's the one of the ways that you know, that, that you're going to hear my voice, that it's, uh, you know, it's a desire that I put inside of you. Wow. And, and the Lord's like, go get your surfboard. 
like I, I was a missionary in Indonesia and uh, I only surfed on one island. I went to about 30 and uh, I was on the plane debriefing with God and God's like, hey, what would you have done differently? And I said, I really wish I could have surfed more. And his response was, Chad, I really wish you would have surfed more, too, because I find pleasure in you when you surf. Wow, wow, wow. I, I think that people are going to begin to connect with their passions and begin to understand yeah. that that is probably some of their greatest places of authority in prayer. Yeah. I was so excited when you said this because I was coming out of my closet this morning. And, you know, this was literal. It was my clothes closet because you said God told you to come out of the closet. I was coming out of my clothes closet this morning <laughs> and I got hit with the Holy Spirit. And the Lord showed me people exactly what you did. And I didn't realize it was a word of knowledge for this broadcast. Come but on. He showed me people who were told by leaders or someone to lay things down. I saw a woman who was told to lay down the, uh, I think it was a violin, and another one was a, another instrument. They were told to lay it down because it was an idol. And the Lord, and they've, they've never really picked it up, and they've been stifled with laying down their thing. And, and the Lord said, tell them, just repent of idolatry. You don't have to lay down your, you know, what it is. That's it. Just, just get rid of the sin of idolatry and never, ever have to lay anything down like that, you know, to where people have never picked it up again. So I just want to prophesy what you just said, Chad. I had a, I had a word of knowledge and vision of people who had been told not to do things. And that was me. I was told certain things that I shouldn't be doing because it was idolatry. I was putting it over the Lord. All you have to do is repent of that. I'm going to call people forward right now who laid things down in their life because others had either judged them. They judged their gift. Like with mine, with comedy, it was very hard you know, to bring mm-hmm. that up in the church. And, and they'd lay down their gifts of, of um, music or, or creativeness. Yes. They laid down the passions like the surfboard. Uh, they laid down passions. You, you've you laid it down. The Lord's saying, now just bring it back now. I breathe yes, the life Lord. of the Lord on yes, this, Lord. on those gifts in Jesus' name. Restoration, Lord. Restoration. Lord, we just pray for restoration. We pray, Lord, for just the spirit of hope to crash in. And, and, uh, and Lord, I just thank you, Lord. Let the winds blow again. Let the winds blow again. We pray, Lord, for resurrection, Lord, dreams that, that feel like they've passed them by. You know, and this is so crazy because we're in this, like, flow, and, and it's just, you know, in this place of sparking things in my spirit. Uh, I mean, we can jump into this, but I was in a major car accident uh, in October, and I had crazy PTSD that, uh, coming out of it. It was a miraculous deal, felt the hand of God. Had an encounter with a healing angel. It was crazy. I was ejected through the sunroof. It was a pretty crazy oh, wow. accident. I didn't know that. But in my PTSD therapy, I began to do art. And, you know, when uh, my mom's mom, my mom, uh, I don't know if you know this, Doug, but my mom is the creative arts pastor at Bethel. And so she puts these creative conferences on at Bethel that are just ridiculous and amazing. My mom's art is in City Hall. It's in all this. And my grandma was a sculptor. She was this amazing acrylic, water paint, like water. I I do these gallery tours with her when I was five, six, and seven. And um, I felt all this pressure to, you know, to be excellent. You know, that I have this mom that's this amazing artist and I have this grandma that's an amazing artist that I felt so much pressure that I stopped doing art by the age of seven. And I'm doing art therapy to kill PTSD 
And I'm realizing that I'm picking something up that I've laid down for 30 years because of, you know, fear of judgment or, you know, performance or, you know, criticism, uh, you know, uh, you know, something, you know, Bill, Bill talks about how when he went to college, he took an F for public speaking, his public speaking class, because he was terrified of publicly speaking. Now, we all know Bill Johnson is one of the greatest orators, you know, in the Christian faith. <laughs> I mean, he is amazing at public speaking. And it, it terrified him, you know, that that uh, there's things that terrify you. There's things that from your childhood that, that ow, that, that's, that's too vulnerable, right? Because comedy is one of the most vulnerable things you could do. You know, and so I've been doing art where I've been doing art with my little girl and I've been doing art with my mom. Where We just did a family conference at Bethel and and uh, uh, my four year old daughter, myself and my mom did art on the stage together. One painting. Wow. You know, and so I just really just I feel like people are going to step into their dreams, their passions that they that they that they, that they died when they were children and they're going to resurrect them. And then it's actually going to bring healing and restoration into families. Exactly. And that's generations. Generations are being healed. Yeah. Generations are being healed. That's powerful. I got a word too. And um, this Isaiah, you know, just on the same theme, and this is what's going on in this podcast, is this is the healing of the images, self-images of the creativeness that got shut down, the hopes and the dreams. Uh, and mm-hmm. this Isaiah 49.3, and now the Lord says, he who formed you, in your mother's womb. And then over, uh, I believe it's verse 13, he says this. Uh, this is the, from the Lord for you. For the Lord comforts his people and he has compassion on his afflicted ones. Wow. Right now, there's an anointing to raise up from the dead these creative moves, these these things that were inside you that, that people told you you couldn't do. And you've been afflicted. That was me. I tell you, uh, I, I, um, you know, I, I do public speaking, but I too was was so fearful of public speaking and reading. My problem was reading. I wouldn't even go to a Bible study if I knew I had to read. It's how fearful I was. Wow. And I would stay home from things because my reading was so bad. And so what I did, people don't know this, but it was part of why I went to the San Francisco Stand Up Comedy College. I got <laughs> trained in comedy, so so if I would mess up in reading. I would really have a good joke and no one would notice how how poor I was actually as a speaker and reader. But now look at it. Same thing with Bill. There's an anointing. There's an anointing on it. And so we want to call forward now that breath of the Lord, that Ezekiel 37, that breath of creativeness. And and in that, it's it's actually that Hebrew word called barah, which means Mm. creation, something from nothing. It's the same word. That was in the breath that went into Adam. And it's the same word in Ezekiel 37 when he saw the afflicted ones on the battlefield. And I tell you, I had a vision uh, this this past month. And it's part of my prophetic word. I, I just stuck it in the bottom. I, you know, I get so much, uh, so many prophecies. I don't know what to do. But I just stuck a little paragraph at the bottom. You know, the afflicted ones are now going to arise. The wounded wow. warriors are coming back right now. And so we, we just prophesy this right now by the power and blood of Jesus, the breath of creativity, the breath of Barah, the breath of I am now come and blow upon your creativeness, whatever it is, that job you might have laid down. I'm seeing someone, uh, there's a lot of um, people, they're not just women, but there's uh, could be, had laid down a career, actually something that you had you thought you were going to do, 
and you, you know, like school and career for family. And the Lord said it was the highest calling you could possibly do. But now he's calling you back to take it to the next level, what you laid down. Yes, Jesus. Come on. That's, this is amazing, Doug. This is amazing. Jesus, yeah. we just thank you for your goodness. We just thank you, Lord, for restoration. Yeah. But we just thank you, Lord, for just hope, spirit of hope. Lord, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I've got the, I've just got the chills and I'm getting just blasted just watching. I mean, and, and I'm, there's something about the dreams, like God is raising up dreamers and, uh, and Lord, we just thank you for the dreams. And I'm reminded yeah. of a dream that I had too, where I saw Jesus washing the feet of three men and I could only see the backs of their heads. And I knew Jesus was wooing me to come uh, where he was. And I knelt down where he was and he was washing their feet. And, and then I looked up and saw their faces and I saw the face of a baby boomer, a, a Gen X or a millennial. And Jesus looks at me, he opens his mouth. Nothing, nothing. I don't hear anything audibly, but out of his mouth comes a rainbow. And in the rainbows, it says, uh, for the next seven years, I will reveal myself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Wow. And I just feel like that there is this, you know, this window where the Lord is healing the generations. Yeah. And uh, and so, Lord, I just pray for anyone that's that's just listening and they have this that, that some of you are having this bubbling up, you know, this manifestation of bubbling up this this heart cry, this this intercession, this place of, you know, that that this 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 heart cry that comes from the Lord of the healing of the generations, that it might be in your own life. It might be a son. It might be a daughter. It might be, you know, a, a father or mother. And that might be even spiritually fathers and mothers or sons and daughters that that the Lord is just healing the generations. Yeah. yeah. You know, from that, Doug, what I did um, from this dream, I, I try to always, when I have a dream, I begin to pray it out and begin to ask God, what is, how does, what's the interpretation? How do I uh, apply the dream? You know, and so what I did for this dream was I began to gather uh, baby boomers, Gen Xers and millennials and ask them to come with me to a church. And then we would do a generational blessing where I'd say to them beforehand, all right, I want you to pray for each generation. I'll tell my team, usually it'd be about 15 people. And, uh, and I would say, I want you to pray a blessing to get a prophetic word, uh, a place of activation, a place of encouragement of each generation. And so I have each generation stand and we bless them and they get blessed by all three generations. You know, when we begin to break the curses of whether it be millennials being entitled or, you know, critical, like we're calling them in to the redeeming factors of who they are. And then we do a generational blessing fire tunnel. So we have our whole team and then we have all the baby boomers go through. Then they're the end of the tunnel. Then we have all the, like the millennials go through. Then we have all the Gen Xers go through. And it's, it's amazing, but there is something that the Lord is doing. And you know what? I feel like Doug as well, that you have such an anointing on is creativity in the areas of expressions of who God is and how to connect to the people of the world, the way that you've done evangelism. And I feel like, that there's something about, you know, catch the way being kind of a new expression, a new ministry. I feel like we're about ready to see explosions of new ministries. And so I feel like there's people out there that you've been praying. You've been like, hey, there's been this ministry and you have almost this fear that's paralyzing you saying no one's going to come. No one's going to come. Like, you know, Heidi Baker went out to Mozambique and there was nothing there. 
You know, there's something about like forerunners and pioneers. And I just pray, Lord, for forerunners and pioneers that that you might not have that many people following you, but that if you would just not despise a day of small beginnings and that you would begin to take courage, that that the Lord is leading you and that the Lord is asking you to step out of the boat. We just pray, Lord, for all fear to just go and that love would crash in. Hmm. Amen. Yes, Lord, you know what that is? Uh, because I'm I'm not necessarily a fearful person, but now that you've said that, I never really thought about it. So uh, recently, I I stopped doing meetings in L.A. and we planted a church here, and you know we've been part of doing things in Los Angeles, but it's really hard here. It's hard ground. It's hard because the traffic is so bad, you know, and yeah. uh, that you have a meeting, and you know I was lucky to get you know uh, forty fifty people in the room. Uh, you know, unless it was something strategic or something once in a while. But, you know, the Lord's been telling me that I need to start it up again here in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. I need to start the outreach training and the stuff again. I have Come done. On. I mean, I do. I am an outreach. You know what I mean? Uh, yes. But I've uh, been doing it on the Internet now because even though I'm, I'm just two miles from the beach, you know, and, and I'm here in L.A. shifting the spiritual atmosphere. But it is exactly that. I mean, I'm going to break through. Uh, get this breakthrough after you gave me this word. I believe that the Lord's doing something new, not just in me, but things we've laid down, you know, and it's time to pick them up because maybe it wasn't the right season or maybe things Mm. hadn't unfolded fully yet. Totally. Thank you so much for that word. I just realized the prophetic word I gave you that you would get an angel, a part of an, it was an angel assigned to Paul Cain. And yeah. Uh, and you have, and I don't know if people know this, but the very first encounter that I had with Paul Kane back in the 90s was Paul would take intercession seriously. And wow. if you would go to his hotel, I know I don't would do this, but if you would go to the hotel he was staying at at the conference, he was speaking in the city. And if you'd put a request in at the front desk, he would actually pray over it. And uh, so my friend said, no, he does this. I tell you. Uh, and so we put our prayer request in this in 1992, and, uh, you know, I was not in the place I am now. I was just coming back to the Lord, and sure enough, he called me out of the crowd, and he prayed for me. No he prophesied way. Uh, that I would be a, a vineyard pastor, and he, he began to prophesy over me. He had a, a, such a dear gift of intercession. He had an intercession angel that would tell him things about people, and that's what wow. you have now, Chad. It's come to you. Come on, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, this is because in 2010, um, I was speaking at Expression 58 at Sean Bowles's, and, you know, we had this in the schedule for months, and we were getting ready to go to dinner in L.A., and Paul calls me and says, uh, I had an encounter with the angel of the Lord last night. I was up all night, and I'm looking for you and Sean. And I'm like, well, me and Sean are together. We're about ready to go to dinner. Do you want to come with us? And he says, yes. And then he came to the meeting that I was speaking at. Uh, and, you know, afterwards, he says, the angel of the Lord came to me and said that I need to pray for you and Sean, that what William Branham walked in, what I walked in would be on you guys. And like we kneeled down, he prayed for us. And then I think it was in 2014 or 13 that Sean began to just move in crazy words of knowledge. And yep. there's been moments, there's been glimpses for me where I've gotten lots of crazy downloads and I'll feel this angelic presence on the right hand side. And um, yeah, it's been pretty, it's been pretty phenomenal when that comes. Yeah, that's, but I'm ready for more. Yeah, that's it. This is, you got it. It was different because there's only one, you know, angels aren't 
you know, they're not omnipresent or anything. But Sean did get, I mean, it was very obvious. I was in a meeting in a Hollywood, uh, um, we were together in some meeting, I don't forgot what we were doing. And I saw this giant angel behind him, and I had not heard the story yet. I saw like a 16-foot gold angel standing behind him. And, and when I saw him prophesy, I recognized that word of knowledge from Paul Kane. He had picked up that. At the time, I didn't remember that he had prayed for both of you. And yours needed to wait till he... There was something that happened just before he passed, but it but was given to you. And that was the intercession angel. Wow. And, and that's, wow. that's something that I was always... I've always admired about Paul as an intercessor. You know, even as an evangelist, I'm an evangelist. And, you know, that's already a strike against you in some places. You know, it's hard to get... <laughs> If you do uh, glory meetings, it's a different story. But when we do evangelism, like it's my lowest selling. We did one, and I don't do it for that reason, but, you know, for the yes, but, but you but want people the, to show up, you know. Yes, you do. And, we, and, and the just, whole value. Yeah. It, you know, and, you, you you put on a prophetic conference, and you have a bunch of people that come. You may put on an evangelist right. conference, and not that many, because exactly. the value isn't the same. Right. It's the same with my, my online trainings, you know, and. We do 600 to 1,000 in my monthly online schools that we do. and But if I do one on outreach like I just did, uh, you know, we're lucky to get 250. And it's I just, know, which is crazy, right? It's the Great Commission. It's the greatest, I mean, greatest, <laughs> greatest thing. So we're going to break this right now. Yes. By Jesus. the power and the blood of Jesus, we ask, Lord, that that message, that the greatest message ever of sharing God's love in a new creative way would now become greater than anything else it would become a hunger and a thirst for it in jesus name amen uh, this has been amen. so much fun man we're flowing tag team in here this oh is great. this has been awesome doug yeah well we've been talking with chad deadman and chad why don't you just tell us uh how to get a hold of you how to follow you do you have any resources or anything Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you could follow me on, uh, social media, Instagram and Facebook, just Chad Deadman. And then, uh, I wrote a book 2009, uh, called the risk factor, which is a pretty amazing book. And then also did a uh, walk in the supernatural with Bill Johnson and, and Chris Fallatin. And then also encountering Jesus is our ministry. And we have uh, a, a website encounteringjesus.com and and uh, yeah, come and join us for a catch the wave, everyone. Come and come and help us pray and watch uh, God show up on the beach. Yeah, I'm ready, man. Can't wait till you come down here and or we wherever we're going to connect. I, I heard the Lord. Also, I, I heard the Lord. Uh, I had written it down here that you're going to write a new book on this. There's a book coming out come of this. On. What you're birthing right now on this, mm-hmm. uh, uh, just the intercession and. This new thing that's happening, I'm just so excited. I'm honored to be your friend and looking forward to what's coming in the future. Thank you so much, Doug. And it's always a privilege and an honor to be running with you. And let's keep going. Let's yeah, go do let's some, do uh, it. Let's, let's go do some events together. Can't wait. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. See you soon. See you guys. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com.